0: When people think of podcasts, they think of a true crime podcast. I think a lot of people.
1: A lot of people probably only exclusively listen to a true crime podcast. I can't do it. I made myself too nervous. Too much anxiety.
0: <laughs> me too. And that's actually something I want to talk about on the podcast. So if anybody has ever thought about this or has anything to bring to the table on this, let us know. This is Honey and Heart, the audio show gracing your ears, hosted by me, Taylor. And me, Jacqueline. We're talking back and looking forward with hope to a future that feels a lot more like honey, led by people with a lot more heart. We serve up our pop culture analysis,
1: real life talks, and future forecasts, making predictions based on trends, sometimes data, and always our intuition. And we do like
0: to research our shit before looking into our crystal ball. Think of us as your
1: big sis that'll read the book for you and then help you write the report the night before it's due. So listen
0: in, buckle up, and thanks for being here. I think there's like a really interesting conversation to be had about, it's mostly women listening to true crime podcasts. And if you're only listening to true crime podcast, whoa, I didn't know that was a tongue twister, true crime podcasts. I do think it affects the way you navigate and think about things. You may become a little bit more paranoid, rightfully so. They can be really taxing to <laughs> listen to. That was fucking
1: scary. My heart's going pitter-patter, pitter-patter. I feel sick like I could throw up. I mean, they're terrifying and most true crime casts are solving crimes against women. Women. Too.
0: Brutalized. Yeah, like brutal yeah. crime.
1: There's always a show about how, like, I can't even think of one.
0: Well, like First 48 or, like, the yeah. Dateline. I think there's a thing too of the lifetime channel is made for women but Every movie or TV show is about a woman getting cheated on or abused or killing her husband. Yeah, there's some sort of crime happening.
1: Usually, rightfully so. I'm super afraid of like human trafficking right now. I don't know what level of paranoia is okay to have around being human trafficked, but I think I'm definitely on the higher end of that scale recently.
0: (laughs) When I first moved to Nebraska, I lived in Nebraska in 2019, and I remember when I first moved there, everyone was like, don't go to this mall because that's small where people get human trafficked. They like stab people in the bathroom and with drugs and like drag them out. And I remember being like, wow, that's so weird because people used to say the same exact thing about whatever one-off mall when I lived in Arizona too. So is this really happening everywhere or is this just the thing people say about the random mall in your town? And I did like a deep Google dive and it said that that's not how it's happening. This is like so not even what our episode is about today, but (laughs) I do feel pretty passionately about this. Um, Mm -hmm. the truth is like the people who get human trafficked are the people who don't have advocates and like can't advocate for themselves and it would take a while for people to notice that they were gone and more likely than not it's not educated middle class people it's people who unfortunately don't have resources so I think that there is a healthy amount of being aware of your surroundings like I always park under a street light I never am listening with headphones even the ponytail Mm -hmm. thing like going for a run at night I get deep the paranoia of it but if it brings anybody any comfort know that it probably wouldn't be you but you should still be aware of it and advocate for the people who are more likely to be in those situations
1: for sure so i promise this is related to today's episode but i've been watching a lot of and just like that which is the follow-up to the sex in the city series minus samantha And Miranda's character development takes quite the turn. It is not going how I imagined it would. Her character development has gone for a crazy crazy turn she's like the one you think has her life together but really deep down does not have anything together on the show she drunk orders this book from amazon blames it on charlotte the book is called quit like a woman and it's about quitting drinking (laughs) oh really yeah Is it a Mm -hmm. real book? It is a real book. I've read it. Oh, okay, cool. I don't know if the author okayed the usage of her book in the show because they like kind of make some jokes about it. They don't really like talk about what the book actually is. I imagine the author didn't have any say unless it comes up later. Maybe I'm just not... Far enough into the show yet. My fiance just could not watch it anymore, even <laughs> though every episode he like gets into it a little bit. He'll look yeah. over and he's like more intently watching than yeah. I am, but he's like, I'm not enjoying it. And I'm like, But you're paying <laughs> such close attention. That's suspicious. But he's yeah. just like that with anything that's on TV, you know? Yeah. The book is really cool because it's a feminist approach to how we advise people on how to quit drinking mm-hmm. because most of the time people are advised to go to like the 12-step program which has definitely helped and worked for a lot of people but it's also based off of Christianity and a lot of it is designed for men yeah like everything else in the world <laughs> so that's what it's about it kind of breaking down the differences in her approach to quitting drinking and why the 12-step program isn't made for women or designed for women and then what she would create and she has created a platform called the Tempest
0: oh. Oh, I've heard of that mm-hmm. cool. so she created
1: that And that's like a resource for women to go To about drinking so
0: it's interesting I listen to a podcast called Lost Culturistas I talk about it a lot it's like One of my faves but <laughs> they Were talking about *In just like that and they were saying That there's almost these little moments where You're like wow Miranda is drinking A lot or wow you know Maybe when we were watching the show In like the early 2000s we Didn't notice how often there was alcohol But Sex and the City really was a show About women who would like go out and have Cosmo and like -hmm. see men oh god i need a big old drink the idea was that they were these women making the most of and living their time in a young fresh city and they were drinking and so this episode was saying that they think as a part of miranda's story there may come a moment it almost seems inevitable that somebody would look at her and be like wow you drink often or you Mm -hmm. know every time we've seen each other you're you're drinking like it almost Mm -hmm. seemed like it was inevitable And I think that those internal conversations and those internal questions are happening with a lot of people our age, especially at this time of the year. It's like dry January, so there are a lot of people who are starting their first month in 2022 without alcohol. And I think for whatever reason, now the conversation is different. Definitely. I
1: think it's interesting too, how we always show alcohol use on TV. You see people drinking enough that in real life they would be drunk, but you never really see people actually being drunk on TV unless they cross the line or just being absolutely ridiculous. But you never really see people just getting regular drunk. They'll drink enough like they'll have shots and they'll all be acting like normal yeah
0: yeah they like have a hangover but there's just some joke about a bacon egg and cheese sandwich and then like they're fine oh that was one crazy party i am hungover. and it's like well no actually yeah. the amount of alcohol they were drinking the night before i think would make their next day a little bit different than this
1: it would be debilitating for yeah me. Personally, and same with like alcohol commercials, they're trying to get people drunk, but they never showed people drunk in alcohol commercials. It's all like very glamorous. I was kind of thinking about the other day. I feel like almost alcohol commercials are very similar to like period commercials, they're never really talking about what they're advertising. Oh, yeah, they're just lifestyle shots. Yeah, like the whole commercial. Yeah,
0: it's like just look at these cool co workers all enjoying a frosty glass of this amber colored liquid,
1: (laughs) which you can do. While you're on your period Thanks to protex. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's like they're almost the same I mean during the pandemic And they mentioned this on the show They say oh everyone was drinking a lot During the pandemic yes. Which I think they were Like I definitely was at the start of the pandemic It was 4 o'clock and I'd be like Let's crack a beer and go out back and enjoy yeah. the weather
0: <laughs> Well and even liquor stores Were considered essential They remained open um, I remember my like early pandemic days I was in Denver and there was originally a decision that like liquor stores would close there Mm -hmm. were lines of like 300 people people were like leaving work early to make sure they could hit the liquor store can you imagine the raids of liquor stores closed down yeah i remember there being like tiktoks of people going like out for their morning run or whatever and you would look in people's recycling and it was just like full of glass bottles like Yeah. It seemed to be the norm.
1: Yeah. I mean, because what else were we going to do, really? Yeah. Go out anywhere. So it's not like you had to be anywhere the next day if you're like working from home. And it was just a way to like entertain ourselves. Then I think for a lot of us, it's gotten to the point where we're like, okay, I can't just do this every day. (laughs) Yeah. Now, obviously, the pandemic is sticking around a lot longer than we were expecting. You know, some of those habits have stayed for people, and then other people started questioning them. But one thing that really surprised me is that forty percent of Americans do not drink.
0: Oh wow. Not
1: that they haven't tried a drink. Like they yeah maybe they've tried to they drink, but don't they don't actively. drink. Yeah. It shocked me to be honest.
0: That feels higher than I would think, but also, I don't know your takeaway, but for me hearing that number, it feels a little bit higher than I would have thought, but it's weird to assume that the majority of people do drink alcohol. I don't know. I think a lot of people, it's like religious reasons, dietary reasons, health issues, and then also lifestyle. A couple years ago when somebody would say they didn't drink, it very much was like, oh, this person must have had an event. There must have been a thing that happened Mm -hmm. and now moving forward, they don't drink. It could be a lot of little things things and it could also just be like your relationship with it it could be the obligation of it for me personally I've even found damn sometimes I'm drinking and it's not even because I actively chose to just like the people around me were and so it's like well we're here
1: yeah definitely and I still think for the most part it is the default especially in corporate culture I I mean construction companies are known for having integrators in the office and a lot of them still do and like have beer fridges and alcohol fridges stocked all the time in the office I literally worked for a company it was written in their values to always have a 12 pack of beer in the fridge oh wow uh, yeah it's it's like imagine if boys went off and started a company (laughs) so I'm sure it's very similar in tech too it's like yeah. you know trying to keep people there so i'm sure they have a lot i'm sure yeah. that they have a beer tab
0: many offices i've been in my current and previous there was always alcohol and it was like we only drink after 3 p.m there's a rule uh, but- in place because somebody made it so and i was like oh okay were people yeah. having too many 10 a.m beers like what do you mean I know. But then when I hear that, it's
1: also like, we only drink after 3 p.m., right before we drive home. Oh, yeah. I
0: thought that too.
1: I'm like, how does that make sense? And then happy hour bonding, almost every other team building or like bonding exercise that I've been into, or just like socialization in general, like the default. That we have as a society is to go to happy hour. To go grab Mm -hmm. a drink. Let's go talk about it and grab a drink. Which is not. I'm not saying it's bad. But I'm saying it's the default.
0: (laughs) Totally. I remember I went to a company outing. And it was go-karting. And it was really fun. Mm -hmm. But we couldn't drink and then go-karting so it was like a dry event and people were upset that it was a dry event and I was like well oh you came because you were excited to go go-karting so like why wouldn't you just go go-karting why is the alcohol take away from the remainder of the event and also you wanted to like have three beers and then zoom around the track you know the people who were saying that were the people who were the biggest assholes out on the track so I was like this yeah is bizarre
1: yeah I don't think I'd want to drink and go-kart but I will say I've definitely been the person that's been upset that there wasn't alcohol in an event
0: or something yeah where
1: I'm like okay how are we supposed to have fun yeah because I feel like I went from like zero to 60 with drinking. I didn't have my first, I ha- had maybe like a quarter of a beer in middle school. I didn't drink really in high school until I was 18. I just, after I started drinking, it was like, that's all I did.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> like college years. Yeah. Yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah really
1: picked up after my freshman year it started like the tail end of my freshman year and then sophomore year I joined a sorority that's when my drinking really picked up but it was bad probably that whole summer in between I went from zero to 60 so quick and so now I've been sober for four months (laughs)
0: thank you for sharing and congrats on being four months sober thanks I've been (laughs) California sober You're funny (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have a few friends Who have been dropping The California sober Lingo Terminology And are subscribing To that lifestyle And I think too Like it really starts With having a conversation With yourself About what your relationship With alcohol is And Taylor This is something You and I have talked about But when your mind Is ping ponging To like what your next drink is Or when you're anxious About alcohol Not being there You're approaching it From a space of I need it Or you know Mm -hmm. Like I can't have the time I want without it it's good to have those conversations with yourself and I think that probably a lot more people if they took the time to really have the conversation with themselves would have a hard time having that conversation I'm not sure the best way to say that Mm -hmm. but I think there's a lot more people out there who if they were honest with themselves about their relationship with alcohol would probably be a little bit overwhelmed a little bit nervous you know maybe even some negative emotions about how they handle it and so it can almost be scary because to get to the point where you're no longer drinking You have to decide that Drinking was standing in your way For whatever reason And that's like a really vulnerable place to get to Well nobody wants to be like
1: seen as different Right? Or seen as an alcoholic Even worse because yes. <laughs> In society, because alcohol is so normalized, I really think we still look at being an alcoholic as a personality failing. Wow, yeah. You just can't handle it. That's not the case. And, and it's definitely, definitely alcohol that causes it, like any addiction. For me personally, I had all these thoughts in my head and it was scary to talk about because I didn't want to be an alcoholic. I think there's such a spectrum of alcohol usage. I wouldn't say that there was like a rock bottom that I hit. But you probably shouldn't hit rock bottom (laughs) before you start questioning these things but I was definitely making decisions that when I was drunk that I would have major regret none that were like ruining my life but still I'd wake up the next day not feeling great about what I did and then my hangovers absolutely insane hangovers that I've never experienced in my whole life they were terrible and so then I'd have anxiety for being hungover because you just feel like you want to (laughs) die when you're at that level of hangover you're like I just want to go back to sleep I was getting to the point that they would last two days and sometimes I wasn't even drinking a lot and this is the conversation in my head was well it's not like you drank a lot even though it affected you a lot and you still did x y and z you didn't have a lot so then I moved from that place of being like I don't want to feel this way after I drink To being like, okay, well, let's set a limit on your drinking. Which is all fine until I get to the event. And then you start drinking and you feel the effects of alcohol. So you're like, I feel good. I'll just have another one. That kind of spiral. You know, I was still like... I'm not drinking more than the people Around me Yeah, and that's what Made it so hard to be like so what's going on With me
0: is it that you Can't hang and like that's such A weird idea and like weird place to Get to I've been in that exact same situation Where I have thought the exact same thing there's an Interesting Malcolm Gladwell Quote or like chapter in one of his books That just talks about like the binge drinking of college Students and it's just something that has always Ever since I heard it it's really locked in My brain and it just talks about the binge drinking Of college students and how if a college freshman sophomore, you know, like around the age of 21, 18 to 21, they had one drink per hour over the course of four hours, that's enough alcohol to black out. Just based off blood alcohol levels, normal female anatomy, one drink per hour, four hours is enough to completely black out. And that's not the truth for male college students or for men that same age. And so it's likely that when women are going out, they're drinking the same amount as their male counterparts and it's affecting their bodies so differently. And mm-hmm. that really has held true to me. Like, I was in the service industry throughout college and for a few years after. And it is so commonplace to go out and have a drink afterwards. And I think that there's a lot of really toxic relationships people have with alcohol when they're in an industry where they're like up all night, very labor intensive. Same reason like construction workers might want to like kick their feet up at the end of the day and have a beer. Right. Same with like service industry folks.
1: What else is open at
0: 2A? 100% bars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just like the number of times where I've Gotten another round because the table Was getting another round but I Would not have chosen to order a drink Had the question be posed to me Mm -hmm. It's just frustrating my boyfriend Said the other day I was like I'm just not listening to My I said I was like I'm just not listening to myself And he said well then who are you listening to (laughs) That's such a good question Who else would I be listening to
1: I mean that's definitely how I felt I wasn't asking myself before I drank If that was like something I really wanted To do in order to start to get Sober I had to learn all of the science behind it because i didn't want to feel like it was a personal failing so i was like okay what is actually like going on with my body here when i am Mm -hmm. drinking that makes this in a way not my fault it's still my fault
0: to alcohol the cause of and solution to all of life's problems
1: all my actions of course I have to be accountable for but how my body was responding wasn't necessarily my fault and so I read Quit Like a Woman I read this other book called The Naked Mind and now I'm reading this other book called The Sober Lush and I like them all for different reasons but that's what it took for me because I didn't want to be different and I think another hard part of quitting for me was like I had to kill off a certain part of my personality because if you know me and you do. I was like the beer girl. Beers with the boys. I went to school with, you know, 90% of the kids in my class were guys. We would get beers between classes. Like, beer was yeah. my go to drink. In fact, before I went to college, not blaming my dad on this uh, by any means, but <laughs> my dad's advice when I went to college was Taylor, stick to beer and more beer because liquor, you know, I had one night where I drank a whole solo cup of Fireball and. Oh. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, that that was bad. <laughs> Let's just say I woke up with some bruises. Also, I was in my bed at least. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I laugh at that, but, like, I feel so sad for myself. Yeah. In that situation. Honestly, I'm watching Euphoria right now. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I feel sad watching it. it
0: could be really triggering for some people because It's
1: super triggering. It's just in- insanely triggering. I cry almost like every episode it's for different reasons, but it's just the sadness that you have sometimes as like a teenager carries over into like, your college years. Because I was sad is like why I started drinking and partying. But now like looking back at that, I just feel so sad for myself. It's hard to like kill off that part of my personality too Because like okay now I'm not drinking like that It's five years out of college I'm not drinking like I did in college But there was also never a period in my adult life Where I went longer than I don't know two weeks With not having a drink So I was like who even am I without this in my life That's the point that I got to
0: That's one of the cool things about dry January too And I used to a few years ago I used to think like wow To be so purposeful to take a month off of drinking That must be like a thing you need or whatever saying it now that like comes across as judgy but I think that I just hadn't quite had the experience or had the track record with alcohol I didn't really start drinking until I was like 21 I studied abroad when I was 19 and like maybe partied a little then but maybe that's like a whole other conversation to have like when people drink on vacation or you know they can have liquor first beverage in the morning because like Mm -hmm. oh no I'm not at home I can do it here but I think too a cool thing about going sober for a month and the intent of doing it is you can just really ask yourself when was the last time I like purposefully navigated without alcohol and knowing that there will be events that come up where you maybe would be inclined to drink but just like actively making the choice of no I'm just kind of checking in with myself I'm taking a month to figure it out and I don't need to drink. It's hard because like I totally can understand the feeling of oh well normally I would drink right now like Taylor you had your first sober New Year's Eve like that's Mm -hmm. normally an occasion where like you would drink Mm -hmm. but checking in to be like okay well how else could I enjoy this day or celebrate or partake and not be drinking alcohol I think that that's skill building in a way
1: definitely I mean it's kind of like a muscle I probably had it on my new year's resolutions list for like the past five years to drink less every Mm -hmm. single year it's taken me until you know four plus years. This year, 2021, I decided this was going to be the year that I finally cut out drinking. I say I'm sober for now. I don't know if it's forever, but I'm doing it as long as it feels good. Right now, that's where I'm at. But I had tried quitting in January. I made it all the way to like January 29th last year. And then I tried quitting again in maybe May and then July. I think September is the last time I've had a drink. It took that long because it was like, okay, well, I could go this long but then something would come up and I would want to drink at it yeah because there are times in my life where drinking was fun like especially if it was with the right people in the right place I've had drinks with you and it's been super fun and so that was like another hard thing about it too it's like well there's sometimes I do have fun doing this
0: there's sometimes you would choose to drink where if given the option you'd say no I know I I want that beer
1: Right. Because I had been trying so hard and was still not getting it, I was like, okay, this shows that there's something going on that I can't commit to something that I told myself I was committing Mm -hmm. to. It was more about wanting to keep a promise to myself, also wanting to see what my life would be like without it, what things would change, and what parts of myself would I uncover. When you tell people you're sober, though, they still think it's either because you never did it and you're like religious or because you had a problem. (laughs) And now Uh stopped in some ways I did have a problem with drinking there's definitely things I don't want to admit to that (laughs) especially not all this that I did (laughs) I can't believe I did that like yeah that's not who I am
0: even just I remember the first couple weeks really like dating my boyfriend we went out and we had like two drinks and he was like oh I ordered a lift I was like you ordered a lift and he was like, well, yeah, we like, been having a couple drinks. And I remember being like, wow, that is so hot. That, like, yeah. he... The forethought of we're getting home safe And if you wanted to have another drink you could We don't have to like have internal dialogue Of like no we are okay to drive No we are okay to drive He just ordered Mm. a lift and I thought how dumb That like that's been an option for me this whole time And it was such a small thing It's so easy to Kind of minimize it within yourself And I think that's a part of being young It's a part of being around Kind of like in peer pressure Even if it's not on purpose Like you and your group of five drunk friends Are probably not the best decision makers Mm -hmm. um and it's like kind of u.s culture in a weird way too it just all ties in
1: this is one stat that like stuck out to me i think it was in the naked mind book that i read which we'll link all these in the show notes because if you're interested they are really good books for different reasons so maybe i can make a post like talking about them too Mm -hmm. one of the stats that stuck out was that one in ten drivers has alcohol in their system on the road at any moment
0: Wow. which that's
1: that's pretty high percent.
0: Yeah, and I mean, just to be really honest with yourself at sometimes like, that's been you. Like, even if yeah. it was just, like, a drink with dinner.
1: And think of how many cars you see on the road every I single know. day. After I read that stat, I was watching cars so intently to be like, yeah. which one is it?
0: <laughs> well, um, when I used to get off work at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, I got pulled over all the time. A lot of times it was just because I was, like, a young girl driving across the freeway or my current car. Oh, my God. this could be a whole tangent the lighting (laughs) the light situation is a little rough so sometimes like my lights don't fully come on and so Mm. I used to park in a parking garage literally turning out of the parking garage I would get pulled over on a main street for less than 100 feet because it's 1 30 in the morning you're pulling out of a parking garage with no lights on and it would just be 22 year old me 21 year old me hi officer I'm just getting off work (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry let me turn my lights on but one thing we can all do is to be better about our own personal consumption, checking in with ourselves when it's safe to drive and potentially having a bigger conversation with ourselves if needed about our relationship with alcohol and moving forward. Happy to support Taylor as she moves forward, continuing to be sober for however long it suits her. I think it comes down to
1: like intentionality and mindfulness around decisions you're making in your life. I'm not on here trying to demonize alcohol, even though sometimes I had to do that in my brain for myself but you know i think there's so many different vices in this world and every other week i think you hear about something bad for you it's okay to pick certain things that are bad for you in life right now i'm choosing sugar lots of sugar (laughs) Uh, a little bit of sugar it's just about being like mindful of your usage and knowing why you're making the decisions that you're making and knowing yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The mindfulness of it, tying it back to drivers having alcohol in their system, like you kind of just are going through the motions and it's easy to kind of jump into the next thing. But if we can be a little bit more aware in the decisions that we're making, I've had several occurrences within the last like year and a half where now I know what I know and I can't choose to unknow this so I need to move forward really being mindful about what I'm doing and I've had that with alcohol I've had that with other things and you're doing it for yourself so do what makes you feel good and I think to your point Taylor when you said you're sober for as long as like it feels good and as long as it suits you we as people have the ability to make decisions and update and move forward and I would hope that if there ever came a point in your life where like you drank alcohol again that you would feel better about it than you did before this but whether that's in six months or six years I think we'll just keep checking in I too have even thought I missed dry January this year but I thought you know maybe there'll be a time I put on the calendar to just detox a few things um alcohol gluten we'll see where it goes
1: (laughs) yeah There's a lot of benefits to just even taking 30 days off because Mm -hmm. it just like resets your system and then you are like more intentional about when you choose to drink after that. That's what studies are showing. And not drinking alcohol is really good for your skincare. Just saying. Hydration. (laughs) Drink your water. (laughs) Yes.
0: Depending on what you drink, you may notice better things with your body. You may notice, if you're drinking a lot of beer, you may notice less bloat. If you're drinking a lot of cocktails, you may experience some sugar withdrawals, but hopefully you could move past those. Sometimes I forget the things you drink in alcohol also have calories and, like, nutritional specs. And I'm not one to be, like, super cued in on that. Basically, all that to say that, like, even when you're drinking things, like, it affects your body more than just the drunk or the buzz. There there's sugar in that, there's wheat in that, there's whatever. And so I think it's a good opportunity to to check in. Hopefully in 2022, we're all hydrated with healthy skin.
1: Instead of sweets, I think we should have a water chugging competition.
0: That is my dream for everyone this year. <laughs> yeah, right? We're sending it out there. Including
1: myself. Let's hope. I know. We started using a new retinol, so I'm going through the period of adjusting
0: to it. I splurged and got the drunk elephant retinol.
1: You know, it's quite ironic
0: when you think of it. Ooh. yeah. I just bought a vitamin C serum. I used to use one and then I ran out and I've used it twice and I was like, oh my god, my skin looks so good. And it probably has nothing to do with the vitamin C serum at this point. Just the fact that you're taking time
1: to take care of your skin. Yeah. It's like the consistency with skincare. It's really truly the consistency with everything in life.
0: Small habits work. And the small habit of just (laughs) deciding to drink something other than alcohol too. Maybe it comes up a couple times in a day, but you're just choosing to not.
1: Yeah, if you want some good alternatives, head over to
0: Zero Proof on Instagram. Still in the works. Yes, we will talk about it later. Check him out on IG for just some cool and cute inspo, maybe even some cocktails coming soon. Mocktails. I feel like we can still call them cocktails whatever makes the most sense to people listening to this, non-alcoholic cocktails. You were using AF as alcohol-free. And in the service industry, we always say NA, non-alcoholic. So I was like, AF. And I was looking at it. I was like, (laughs) alcohol-free. I know. I know. But I hope everyone has a good January or had a good January. By the time this episode comes out, we'll be making our way into February. And it'd be interesting, too, if there's anybody listening to this who partook in dry January and is continuing or isn't continuing with alcohol into the next month. Maybe we could even have some discord about that on IG. Or if you need some help and peer support yeah
1: resource yeah reach out to me when I decide to do something I have to know everything about it which you know is a good and bad thing <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening bestie make sure to follow us here on spotify our instagram at Honey and join our email list on our website honeyandheartpod.com to make sure you
0: never miss an episode We do all this for you and just a little for us. So thank you so much for being here and for being a part of our community in the chaos. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye, Taylor. Bye, Jacqueline.